0: Hey guys, welcome to another special edition episode of Another World Audiobooks. We're doing another indie author spotlight, and this time it is a best-selling author, A.C. Salter. Uh, His name's Adrian. We uh, met on Twitter again, which has just been a great place to connect with indie authors and and, uh, help me be able to spread the word about what they're doing So, A.C. Salter, like I said, is a best-selling author of the Daughter of Chaos series, so it's actually a trilogy. So what you're getting the next three days is a little sample of the first book of that trilogy. It's called Eversong, and if you like fantasy and stuff like that, you're gonna love this. I'm just going to throw out there a little content warning. The prologue is pretty intense, so if you like listening to another world with with your kids and are used to like the Treasure Island and uh, you know Pre and Prejudice and stuff like that, this is a little on the edgier side um, nothing nothing horrible in it, but just uh, wanted you guys to be warned about that if you do listen with little kids, this might be a little too intense for them. So with that being said, though, it is a really cool book has a really cool take on on the magic and, and mystery and stuff like that. So if you enjoy that genre, you're going to love this. Again, a huge thank you to Adrian for allowing me to be able to share this with you guys. I just, I love doing this with any author. So uh, yeah, go in and check out his stuff. All the links are down below. There was quite a few of them, so you can sign up for his new l- newsletter, check him out on Twitter, get the books, all that sort of thing, find, find more of his work. He's, he's quite the author, pro- very prolific, and I think you'll enjoy it if you enjoy this sample. So go ahead and give it a listen. We're going to be doing... Uh, the prologue today, and then uh, chapter one tomorrow, and then chapter two the next day. So stay tuned and check out those. So without further ado, I give you Eversong.
1: Prologue. Two years earlier. The naked limbs of a willow whipped savagely at Norgie's body as the wind slapped rain against his face. Screwing his eyes against the weather, he searched for a way inside the derelict townhouse, seeking refuge from the relentless storm that battered the foul night. Stooping low to avoid being stung by the tree, Norji stumbled over the dilapidated lawn to a cellar window. He kicked it through with the heel of his boot, the sound drowned out by the watery night, then crawled through the gap, his belt buckle caught on the frame, holding him like a worm on a hook before he wriggled through and flopped to the concrete floor within. Damn, if it wasn't the wettest night he had ever had. Struggling to his feet, he shook the excess water from his heavy clothes. Norji wasn't a man for indoors, not even in the harshest of winters. Yet this storm was something else. His age was beginning to show. Living on the street will do that. It adds years to your face while stealing them from your life. Still, for a homeless guy, he wasn't doing all that bad, and he had a couple of yellow teeth in his black gums to prove it. A dank smell of mulch and turps permeated the cellar. Adding to the aroma was dust, mouse droppings, and something unpleasant and pungent which he recognized yet couldn't put a name to. It tickled his nose and made him uneasy. It was a world apart from the fresh autumn air he should be relishing as he lay merrily on a park bench by the river. People would call him homeless, a bum, a drag on society. He would call himself a free man. No commitments, no dead-end job or boss to slave for, no debts, no responsibility, just himself, the earth and sky. Waking up each day with no worries and the freedom to wander where his heart would lead, a free man, albeit a wet one. Soft amber light from street lamps filtered through the fractured window, casting a hypnotic effect against the far wall and creating strange shadows from the objects on the floor. The effects would have been relaxing if it wasn't for the dead cat laid at his feet. The feline had been torn open, grey guts spilling out to the open air as dry eyes stared up at him, tongue hanging dark and limp from a gaping mouth. Norgie reached inside his coat and retrieved a bottle of Captain Morgan, He took a swallow of the rum to wash down the rising bile in his throat. That explains the stench, he mused. Smaller objects appeared as he grew accustomed to the dark. Scattered randomly about were dead mice that appeared to have succumbed to the same fate as the cat. They were gutted and crushed, as if someone wasn't satisfied with merely cutting the poor creatures open. they felt they needed to stamp upon them too. Surrounding each tiny corpse was a circle of runes drawn onto the concrete with chalk. The cat also had its own circle, large enough to accommodate the limp body. After swallowing another shot of rum, Norgie decided he would rather spend the night somewhere else after all. It was then that he heard footfalls shuffling above, before clomping heavily down the stairs toward the cellar. Norgie was sure the place was empty, the whole street derelict. He got the unnerving feeling that whomever it was knew he was there. The footfalls terminated on the other side of the door. He glanced to the window but realized he wouldn't get through it in time and would be exposing his back to the stranger coming through. A second thought was to hide, but apart from the scattered corpses, there was nothing to hide behind. His breath caught as the handle turned, the spring mechanism inside making a metallic ping as the door swung towards him. Norgie's stomach clenched as he forced a smile upon his face, but that quickly dropped. The eager greeting also died on his lips as a spindly creature, shrouded in shadow, shuffled into the cellar. Jim, Norgie asked gingerly. The man before him resembled a guy he recognized as a fellow free man who frequented the same group kitchens as he did, yet he appeared older, frailer, as if something had sucked the life from him and left an emaciated creature which was more skeleton than man. It appeared a lifetime of debauchery had finally caught up with the old sod, yet he was sure he had seen him only last week, looking healthier and decades younger. What the hell happened to you? "'You look like a prisoner of war or something.' "'Norgie took another swig from his bottle "'as Jim's sunken yellow eyes stared unblinking into his. "'His nose had been broken at an odd angle "'and split under the bridge. "'His mouth hung slack, jaw hanging low, "'as if the effort was too great to close it. Tufts of white hair sprung from his head in patches, "'giving the impression he was suffering from alopecia. "'Norgie offered him a drink, holding the bottle out, "'but the gesture was unnoticed. "'You done this in here, Jim?' Norgie asked, gesturing about the cellar. Not sure what the mice have done, but the cat didn't deserve that. Norgie realized his words were falling on deaf ears. Jim didn't appear to acknowledge that he was even in the room. He took a step back and tried to peer into the darkness behind the decrepit man, but the heel of his boot caught on something solid, knocking him off balance, and it was all he could do, arms windmilling, to keep upright. He had stumbled over a brick, the sudden motion appearing to awaken something in the other man. She shouts! "'Jim said suddenly, as if the quick movement before him jolted him out of his glum mood. "'The voice was shrill and desperate, startling a double beat into Norgie's heart. "'Oh, how she shouts! Never enough, not nearly enough. "'I drew her fancy symbols, didn't I? Got her the blood. "'Nice and fresh, how she wants it. Squeezed every drop out of the mice. knots, sprinkled it all round just as she says.' "'Norgie watched as the frail figure before him clenched his fists around an imaginary creature.' "'reliving the demise of the poor rodents. "'But still, she shouts!' "'Who, Jim? Who's been shouting?' "'Norgie asked, yet he didn't inkly that the she "'was coming from inside Jim's senile head. "'Wasn't good enough, wasn't nearly good enough. "'Made friends with the cat, how it struggled when I killed it. "'Fresh blood, still hot, poor little thing. "'I didn't want to kill it.' "'Jim shook his head, his gaze downcast. "'Not good enough?' "'I tried to run, and I found I couldn't. "'She had me. "'Tried to give her my own blood. "'Thought that would be enough. "'Thought that might shut her yap. "'I thought wrong.' "'You're not well, Jim. "'You need to see doctor,' Norgie said, "'gesturing with his arm for the man to calm down. "'She's shouting! "'Still shouting!' "'Norgie saw the keen focus return to Jim's narrowing eyes, "'noticed the subtle shift in position, "'shoulders lowering, legs bent at the knee, noticed the dirty shard of glass clenched so tight in Jim's fist that blood whirled around the web of flesh connecting thumb and index finger. Then, Jim leapt. Reflexively, Norgie brought his arm up and felt the shard of glass bite deep into his wrist. His other arm was already in action, connecting the rum bottle with his attacker's head. It made a dull thud to the side of Jim's temple, and the old man's body dropped to the ground like a discarded doll. Norgie stepped back, clutching his injured arm and finding the glass embedded an inch deep. His thick coat had taken most of the damage, but he could feel warm blood running freely through his fingers to drip onto the floor. "'Crap!' he muttered as he yanked the shard out, releasing a steadier flow of blood. It must have nicked a vein. He needed to get the cut seen to, and fast. There was no telling what he would have picked up from the glass. It was probably the same thing used to kill and cut open the cat and mice. Jim's body lay face down in the mouse blood, his arms and legs bent at odd angles. Jim? Offered Norgie, nudging the unconscious man in the ribs. There was no response although he could make out the gentle rise and fall of his chest and a watery rattle from his phlegm-filled lungs. The steady dripping sound of his blood focused him on the red patch it was creating as it slowly became a puddle. It fell into the center of an empty circle of chalk-scratched runes where it coalesced and spread toward the outer edges. The shape was roughly the size of a saucer and soon filled, although his blood didn't run over the lines. Mesmerized, he struggled to look away as the entire circle turned black, "'reflecting his face back at him from an onyx surface. "'A layer of frost formed at the edges, "'the runes glistening white as they grew thicker. "'Norgie shivered, a chill shaking through him "'as he watched vapor leave his mouth. "'The entire cellar fell icy cold. "'Steam began to rise from his hot blood "'as it dripped from the wound. "'It took all his effort to squeeze the sleeve of his coat "'and cut the flow off, but by then, "'the entire circle had filled, "'and it appeared something was moving at its sticky center.' A large insect struggled out of the blood. It dragged its elongated body from the puddle with long front legs, smearing blood across the white runes. It was spiky and black, like a strange hybrid of praying mantis and beetle. Standing tall on its back four legs, it clicked sharp pincers in the air as it wriggled free of the blood. It had a thick triangular head with red bulbous eyes that sat atop vicious mandibles. It stared at him as it worked its head along bent forelegs, "'cleaning the blood from the sharp claws. "'Ugly little thing,' he thought, "'as it made several strange clicking sounds. "'Tack, tack, tack. "'There must have been a deep hole that he hadn't noticed, "'a trick of the like giving him the illusion "'that the creature crawled out of his blood. "'He bent down to take a closer look at the strange insect "'that looked like something from the depths of hell, "'yet Norgy felt as though it was himself that was being inspected. "'Suddenly the insect leapt at him, "'landing on his injured wrist,' and sinking its mandibles into the open cut. Yelping, Norgie flicked the thing from his hand. It flew through the cellar and landed on Jim's back, thin legs kicked as the insect righted itself before crawling to the unconscious man's neck and biting down. "'No, you bloody don't!' Norgie growled. He landed a kick on the creature, which sent it hurtling against the wall, where its body made a satisfying crunching sound, then slid to the floor. Norgie bent, thinking he'd dragged Jim's body out of the blood, But as he slipped his hand beneath an armpit, the unconscious man began to convulse. He was shaking like he had been attached to the electrical mains. Norgie stumbled away, his heels caught on the same brick he had tripped over before, and he fell onto his back, knocking his head against the floor and jarring his teeth. Rising into a sitting position, he shook the fizzing white dots from his vision. When they cleared, he saw that Jim had not only stopped shaking, but was standing up. The man flexed his fingers and arms as he rotated his head around as if stretching for a run. In fact, he was even smiling. No, not smiling. Grinning. Norgie climbed groggily to his feet. You're looking brighter, you sick old git! He exclaimed. Jim's eyes flicked to him, the strange grin widening and seeming not to belong to the Jim he knew, but to a malicious being who had taken over the old man's body. He opened his mouth wide as if to reply, but only a sharp clicking sound reverberated from him. Naughty backed away, accidentally placing his foot on the circle his blood had soaked into. It didn't meet resistance and carried on through. His teeth jarred for the second time that night as he landed hard on his rump. Using his hands, he scrambled back, dragging his leg clear from the hole which had swallowed it to the knee. God only knew what else might be down there ready to crawl out. Calm yourself, gatekeeper, Jim said, stalking closer with the grace and confidence of a predator. I'll be as gentle as I can, unless you struggle. Stay away from me! you sick, Jim! You need help! Norgie blurted as he backed against the wall, feeling his bowels loosen. He glanced to the window, seeking a way to escape, but no sooner did he avert his attention than he felt a vice-like grip on his injured wrist. What the hell do you want with me? He screamed at the demented creature as it dragged him with superhuman strength to the circle of runes, then held his injured arm above it. Norgie struggled against him, throwing a couple of punches, but it was to no avail. Jim, although the smaller between them, appeared to feel nothing. "'I only need you to bleed,' Jim answered calmly. An evil grin spread across his face as his eyes followed the blood dripping through the inky black hole without making a splash or ripple. Norgy felt weak, like his body had burnt up his remaining energy and could do no more than sit there, arm held over the hole, and watch his blood drip steadily into the circle." A coldness seeped into his body, paralyzing him as another creature crawled out of the hole within the runes. It was another praying mantis-like insect, dragging itself free and leaving a trail of sticky blood. It preened itself before the wicked smile of Jim, making those awful clicking sounds that echoed through the dark cellar. Jim replied in kind, "'Tak, tak, tak!' "'Welcome, brother,' he said. Then his attention returned to Norgie the evil grin splitting his cruel face. More blood, gatekeeper. My brethren have been patient for far too long. Norgy sat in silence. Any fight in him had disappeared. Any thoughts of escape gone with it, as he watched almost dreamily as his blood began to run into a steady flow. His vision blurred, the images in the cellar becoming dark and unfocused. Yet he felt, more than saw, the presence of another person shuffle into the room. Struggling to remain conscious, he let his head fall to the side, resting his jaw on his shoulder as he peered up. He could make out the silhouette of a hooded creature, its face hidden beneath the dark peak of a cloak. "'This one will do nicely,' said the newcomer, its voice sounding dry and gravelly, as if the words passed through a parched throat, yet the speaker was female. It brought to Norgie's mind an image of the old witch in a Hansel and Gretel book he had read as a child— and which had given him nightmares. Let him bleed out. We have work to be done. She croaked. Tack tuck, tuck. Norgie gave up to unconsciousness, not wanting to remain in the present, and longing for blissful sleep to steal him away.
0: Alright, that brings us to the end of the prologue. Stay tuned though, like I said, more is coming tomorrow And remember, I am always looking for other indie authors People who are uh, fellow creators that I can help just spread the word about their work So whether you're a musician and you like to hear your music uh, at the start of the podcast As I'm giving the introduction Or you're an author and you love to hear your audiobook narrated on my uh, podcast here I would love to talk with you All the contact information is down below in the show notes It's just Another World on Another World Audiobooks On basically any social media you want Thanks so much for listening today, guys. Stay tuned for the next bonus episode coming tomorrow. Talk to you then.